Hey everybody, this is Josh and I'm the owner of Playcrate and this is episode four of Spotlight. Spotlight is a podcast where we talk to people in the baseball community, um, entrepreneurs, influencers, coaches, anyone that has a an insight about baseball and we want to just shed a spotlight on them, shed some light on what they're doing. We have a super awesome guest today. I'm super biased about this as well because he has become a super good friend of mine um, over the past year or two. Um, he's just the one of the best guys around. Um, a lot of you guys will be familiar with him, and I'm really, really excited um, to share his story. His name is The Baseballogist. You can follow him on Instagram, everywhere, at Baseballogist, and we'll put more plugs in at the end. He is the first professional baseball fan. He's a baseball trainer. <laughs> Motivated and he educates and promotes community through baseball. His motto is spread love and positivity and continue to get 1% better. The baseballogist, what's up? It's an honor to be on Spotlight, man. I, I, awesome. I, I'm a big fan of Spotlight, you know, for, for, uh, for you to highlight certain people and for me to be a guest on the show, I'm stoked because <laughs> <laughs> this is, opens up. There's so many discussions that we can do, you know. Uh, and we just ramble on, so I, I can't wait for uh, for what's to come. Yeah, man, you get you get two people who just love baseball in a room, and you let them go, and uh, you kind of see what comes out the other side. But you know, one of the things I'm really excited about, you do, you, you're like a content like master. You put out so much good content. You have such loyal fans, and I will say that, like the the people on your page that follow you. Um, Love you. It's crazy there. <laughs> and and obviously I can see why. Um, and I'd love to get into that. But I thought like a good place to start would just be um, an introduction, right? I gave you a short introduction. But, to, you know, tell us who you are. Tell us where you grew up, where, you know, what got you into the game of baseball? How'd you, how did it all get started? So my name is a baseballologist. I'm from Southern California. Um, and I've done it all. You know, I've done Little League, Pony, Travel Ball, um high school ball juco ball university ball and i coach as well and something that i just wanted to answer was what's the game missing you know like i love the game i i love everything about it but since social media is such a phenomenon what is missing in the entertainment of baseball since baseball isn't you know as culturally accepted as NBA, I wanted something to where we can strike not only the baseball players and fans, I want to create baseball as a phenomenon to where someone who thinks baseball is boring, hey, I know why that's funny, or I know why there's drama. I know why, because it's culturally, you know, slowly being accepted. So that's why I started baseball just uh, January 5, 2018, last year. And it's a journey, man. You know, I, I've always, I've, I'm, I live on the baseball field, you know, so why not create this? Why not just document everything I do? You know, everything I do is the lifestyle of baseball. So that's why I started. Um, I just wanted to be a, a figure, uh, a figure in baseball to where whether I can make you laugh, uh, motivate you, inspire you, entertain you, or even just educate you about anything about the game, you know? Mm -hmm. Dude, I love it. And I mean, you started in January 2018, right? That is not that long ago at all. And I've watched you grow your following from literally zero. I think you reached out to me when you had like maybe, maybe not even a thousand followers. And uh, I was like, this guy is a hustler and he loves baseball. And it's, it's something that it really just comes across. You don't have, it is like the least forced thing ever. People who talk to you for five minutes, 
I mean, I'm looking behind you and you have two, three gloves right behind you. <laughs> like you're just, you're always baseballed out. And I just, I have so much, um, I have so much respect for how much you love the game and, and the way that you want to pass that on. It's, it's, it's super admirable. Um, man. but yeah, man, let's get into, um, you know, you're not, we're going to talk a ton about the baseballist. We're going to go into everything. Cause I really want people to learn why you do what you do the impact it is currently having on people and then what you're looking to do in the future so people can follow along with that journey. Because for me, watching you from the very start, I'm already, I'm super invested in you. I'm like, I watched you, I've got to watch you grow this whole time and, and I, I see the, the, the hard work you put in. Um, so I want other people to, to, to jump on board right now so they can experience that with you. But, um, but I, I think let's, let's start with, with coaching, right? Because you said you're a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you were a player. So um, you know, tell us a little bit about your playing career, just briefly, you don't have to go super into it and then tell us how you got started in coaching and, and why you're currently a coach. Um, I mean, like I told you, I've done, I've done it all. Little league pony high school. I was varsity my freshman year. Uh, and then I did Juco ball. So I understand the grind of a Juco player, uh, <laughs> didn't get a scholarship. And then eventually I worked, I worked my butt off to get a, a full ride scholarship for the, for the next two years. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's crazy because I appreciate the game more now than even playing. You know, you know, you and I thinking back, man, I wish I was still playing. Yeah, I, I get some of that, but I actually feel so um, blessed to where I stand today. And the reason why I coach is because, you know, growing up, we probably have one, two, maybe three figures in our lives where, you know, that was a coach that impact you to become who you are today. Literally, not only just baseball, but, you know, business education, lifestyle, and it could have been one-liners a coach told you, or it could have been uh, an act a coach, you know, cut you or something. I always um, praise that. I always, I've always been a fan of whether it's success or failure for a coach to tell me, hey, hey, you're getting cut, or hey, they praise you for something. And I always wonder, not recreate, but just create those moments for a player or players or a team or even an audience. I just want to be a, a, a figure where I don't want anything. You know, you get a scholarship, you get uh, drafted, you get, you know, the pros. I don't want anything. I just want to be a name uh, that said that he impacted me for who I am today. And it doesn't even have to be baseball. They could be, yeah. you know, an entrepreneur. They could be a traveler. They could be just a, a great human being. And for them to tell me, hey, you impact my life when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 18, 20 40, you know, that's why I got into coaching is it gave me an opportunity to put my voice out and, you know, kind of back, you know, going back to why I started baseball, just is I love coaching so much that I wanted to just grow a bigger platform to put the word out or put to put the love and voice out about the game and more. So that's why I got into coaching. I love that. I love that. That's great. And you know what? One of the things that kind of sparks my interest, right? You have this intense passion for giving back and being being impactful on people's lives, which tells me that there was someone probably really important in your life that had a big impact on you. Was there was there a specific coach? Um, I mean, feel free to give him a shout out, or was it was it was it a group of coaches? Was there someone important that really had that impact on you um, early on? And and what was that coach like? What did they say to you? Why why were they so impactful? Um. 
there's a lot, right? But I think the biggest one that really just hits home is my first JUCO or my first community college uh, school I went to, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a prestigious one, a prestigious one in the in the state of California, and I was I got recruited as one of the top guys to play. Three months in, I got cut, and yeah. the act of getting cut at first, I didn't know how to deal with failure. Just because when you're on top of the world for, you know, 17, 18 years of your life, you're not used to, you know, not be, uh, not playing. You're not used to uh, getting cut. So I didn't take it so well. Uh, I remember, I know all their names. Uh, there's all, all five coaches. And I, I cried. I cried. And I, I didn't want to play baseball because, again, failure, I just, I couldn't handle it. And, but because of that, I understood that it's only a... You know, it's only one school or it's mm-hmm. only one coach that I, I couldn't please. So why wouldn't another team want me? So that act of failure, that act of struggle, that two, three weeks, I just didn't want to even think about baseball, mold me to who I am today um, because I understood the faster you fail, the more you struggle, I mean, the faster you, uh, you fail, the faster you succeed because you understand how to keep going. And I think that's a big part of people's lives that uh, they lack is they don't know how to uh, deal with struggles or failures. They, um, they, they just think it's, it, it's, you know, this is the path to success. No, it's, you know, woo, it's topsy-turvy. Absolutely. You know? So that would be it. And what's even, even more phenomenal is out of the five coaches, one, two, three of the coaches, I am very close with still. And mm-hmm. I even tell them that, you know, I, I thank them for what they did and what they taught me. And I actually work with some of them today. So it, it's yeah. just funny how things, <laughs> uh, you know, circle back around. Yeah, man, that's that's super insightful. And I mean, an incredibly important point. Um, I was speaking with um, kind of a mentor the other day um, and we were speaking on this panel and he he said something that that kind of epitomized what you said. He yeah. said, um, learning is painful. And I was like, wow, learning is painful because, you know, you, you're not you're not learning those really, really deep rooted, important lessons when you're going off and going five for five every game and everything's clicking. You're really learning what it takes, not just to be a good a good person and a good human being, but a good baseball player as well. When yeah. when you're in a slump, how do you carry yourself? Um, you know, what are you doing to get out of that slump, right? I would always tell people that, um, you know, a good baseball player isn't someone who doesn't slump. It's someone who gets out of slumps a little sooner than other baseball players. And that's definitely a mentality. That's definitely a confidence and, you know, a willingness to fail, like you said. And, yeah. uh, and it is. It's painful. Learning is super painful, um, but it's absolutely um, necessary to grow. Yeah. Um, do you have, while we're on the subject... Do you have a favorite failure? I mean, was if, if you're looking back and you're saying there was one time where, and it could be the time that, that you were let go um, or that you were cut from the team, where you look back and you're like, that was a really important lesson for me to learn because maybe I wasn't mature enough at that point or maybe I wasn't at a certain point I wanted to be and that failure really jump-started me. Do you have so, a favorite failure? Yes, yeah, so that, me getting cut would be number one because it was such a you know devastating part of my life you know mm. but uh, you know, I already said it but another one would be when I was in community college mm. and I made I think three errors in one game 
Actually, in one inning. Three <laughs> errors in one inning. Yeah. And lost the game. Yeah. Because of that. Oh, I, I, there's so much weight on me. I, I think I, I wanted to cry, put glasses on. I, was, I mean, it's so embarrassing. It was, it was yeah. the last inning. So it's not like it happened the first inning to where, you know, we had a chance. No, it was the last inning. And I was, I was, I was, I wanted to cry so bad. The drive home was terrible. Um, I think it was dealing with so much weight on me, so much mm-hmm. pressure, uh, pressure that it made me understand I need to work harder. And two, stuff happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Stuff happens. And three, I just, no one's perfect. I'm pretty yeah. sure, you know, if we ask every single ball player in MLB, they're not going to tell you, oh, I mean, I had no problems. Everyone's going to have a, a failure story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the the mindset of understanding that, hey, you're going to suck sometimes, but it's your decision to proceed or just, you know, quit or something. So, yeah, making three errors to lose the game is arguably one of my biggest failures in baseball. Yeah, but but important, right? I mean, you if you play baseball long enough, that happens because you're saying this and I remember – my worst game ever, right? Like over yeah. three, three Ks, like booted a bunch of balls, and then I got thrown out of the game. It was embarrassing, yeah. right? But you can't learn how to deal with those situations until you actually go through those situations. And obviously, if you've never gone through it, you're probably going to handle yourself poorly. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I bet that, you know, and that could happen again, and that's not a slight at, at you playing baseball. That's just that's just the luck of the draw. You get a couple yeah. bad hops, you get in your head, that stuff happens. Uh, it's funny I say that, just interrupt. You said your worst game. My worst game ever actually turned out to be arguably one of my best games. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, I'm a leadoff hitter, so I arguably get the most at-bats. And I went – it was a – it's college, so it's nine innings. We had – it was a 16-inning game. And I had, a, I believe, uh, like eight at-bats or nine at-bats. <laughs> And I had, I think, six Ks. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I impressive. was like, Coach, just take me out. Like, this is ridiculous. You know, just take me out. Um, and it was actually, we were playing in San Francisco, so we had a flight to get home. And we had one more of the bat, and I hit a game-winning triple. Mm-hmm. So I think I went one for, or it was like two for ten. And with six Ks... But with the game-winning triple, <laughs> so that's all that matters. It, it, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Team sport, so, 100%. exactly. So it, it was learning that you could be terrible, but mm-hmm. if the game's not done, you could be the hero. So yeah, that's a, that was probably one of the coolest stories uh, so far of uh, my playing career. I do. I love that. And actually, it 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 brings up kind of a natural segue, right? So, um, you know, I had other one of my good friends, Cameron. He was one of the first episodes of Spotlight. And, you know, Cam, we played together. So, we, you know, I asked him some questions based on I, I knew him and his playing career. Um, and I would I would put him in the category as one of the best teammates I've ever had. Yeah. Um, he was a phenomenal baseball player. But, you know, you brought up a good point with that. You went over six, six Ks. You won the game for your team. It, it's baseball. It's not, you know. You you don't want to lose based on strikeouts. You want to lose based yeah. on who scores the most runs at the end of the game. So, you know, the way that you probably carried yourself in the dugout, you went over six to start the game off, whatever with 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 six with six punch outs. That's funny. 
Um, so the high, the highlight have... was a uh, game-winning triple, but they didn't put two for ten. <laughs> they just put they just put triple. <laughs> that's all. That's all that yeah. needs to be said. That's all that remembers. You know, you you needed to strike out all those times to get that hit at the end of the game. Yes. Um, but you know, for you know, going back to being a good teammate, right? You were hopefully carrying yourself great the whole way. You got up with that last at bat, game on the line. You won the game for your team. Being a good teammate. Yeah. Well, you know, what does, does that mean to you? What does it mean to be a good teammate, not just a good player? Because, and I want to, I want to really preface this because I see with, um, you know, the rise of of Instagram, social media, all this travel ball teams. Um, you know, it feels like sometimes kids are doing things maybe for the wrong reasons when they're a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, you know, what advice could you give them on being a good teammate? And what does it mean to be a good teammate? Because I think this is the most underrated um, thing people are being taught. They're being they're saying baseball is a team sport, but we're not shown how to be a good teammate and why that's so important. And then when you leave baseball and you go into your careers and everything, it's very apparent why being a good teammate is uh, is yeah. It's really, really important. But can you can you speak to that? Let's let's talk about being a good teammate. So, uh, a little backstory. My freshman year, I I made I made uh, varsity, and mm-hmm. I was a starting second baseman, and I did really well. And my sophomore year, I was actually named team captain, mm-hmm. and it really kind of it, it kind of shocked me because what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to lead, you know, what are you, 15, 16? You're supposed to lead 18 year olds who are seniors, and that's a big deal because you're still an underclassman. Yeah. But growing up, I remember my senior year quote, they asked me, they asked all the captains, I think it was me and two other guys that were the captains eventually my senior year, they asked me a captain question. They said, what does it take to be a captain? And I said, a, uh, a captain isn't the best player on the team. A captain is the best character on the team. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take pride in being, you know, one of the best players on the team to be the captain. I took pride in being the best character. So an example for best character would be, um, you know, that guy, say, you know, you have a rally, it's eighth inning. He's, he hit a home run. He comes yeah. in. He's like, come on, let's go, just because he hit a home run. Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Everyone and, knows that guy. And, and it's fine, like, that's fine. But that same guy, say he just struck out, he comes in, he pouts, and he doesn't say anything. That same guy. So – the best character of the captain to me is a guy who strikes out, who makes a bad play, and who comes in and he still cheers everyone on. Mm-hmm. So just because you're going 0 for 4 and you're having a terrible game doesn't mean you still can't be a, the best character, the, the, the captain on the team. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the, that's the best teammate is you, if you can still uh, emotionally support the whole team, even when you're personally doing bad, it shows a lot out of you on – how you envision the team, how you envision yourself, and how you take on the role as the captain. Because if, you know, Josh is down and he's a captain, then I guess everyone's down. So you're a reflection of your team. Dude, I love that. I absolutely love that. And and kind of another point just to add on to that and piggyback, you don't have to be a captain to have incredible character. And there's actually, there's a there's this really cool TED Talk about leadership. It's like a three-minute video. Um, I'm sure I could put a, a, a link, um, you know, in the in, in the show notes to all this. Um, but the the point of this leadership TED talk was the person who seems like the leader that's starting this momentum and this energy and this trend. It, it it seems like it's one person, but it's actually 
the second person, because the second person uh, basically edifies that we're following this one leader. So that second person that video. is it's, really is important. The, uh, the, the one's dancing? It's the one's dancing. Yes. It's the one's and dancing. everyone comes. Yep. And then everyone comes. And I always think about that video because it's not just the captain. It's the people saying, we're with you. It's the second person. And then the third person. And then there's three people. Now you're starting to get momentum. Now you're four, five, six. That's what it means to be a good teammate. That second person is just as important, if not more important, than the person that comes you know, off the home run and says, hey, let's go. Come on, let's go. Um, or the person that strikes out and carries themselves well, it really is the whole team. And everyone knows when your energy's down the dugout. Everyone knows when your energy's up in the dugout. And, you know, you see it every single year with Major League Baseball players. The team with the best camaraderie always has a shot to win. And they're so much fun to watch, yeah. right? They're so much fun to watch. Um, but I think it's so important that kids, teenagers, even like adults, they just learn what it means to care about your teammates more than yourself, to say yeah. that I'm going to help you get better. And in return, them getting better is also pushing you. So yeah. I love that. And I, I love the way that you explained it. Um, I would like to transition into, I, I don't want to forget this at all. Um, you have like an awesome story about going to baseball parks and traveling. Yeah. I want, I don't even want to preface anything. I just want you to run with it. Tell us how many major league stadiums you've been to. Tell us about the journey to see major league ballparks. Um, so I've been to um, Angels, Dodgers, San Francisco, um, uh, Oakland, San Diego, Arizona, Atlanta, Denver, both, um, uh, what do you call it, both New York, that's 10, yep. Baltimore, Philly, and Nats, so that's 13. So I would say 13 so far, but I started last year. All right. Um, <laughs> that's I, I guess, unbelievable. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's a journey. And, yeah. you know, with, with time, obviously, I'll, I'll fulfill it, but I'm not rushing. I, I guess my favorite thing about it is this is a sports fan answer, not just a baseball fan mm -hmm. Baseball stadiums arguably are the best arena stadiums in sports. When you go to a football stadium, there's nothing phenomenal about it. It's just it's the energy. It's just you know, hey, you're watching your team. When you go to NBA, uh, you know, arena, big deal. Like there's nothing crazy about the arena. I guess the, the only thing you could say is like you know, when you go to Los Angeles and you go to Staples Center, oh, Michael Jackson performed here. <laughs> or, you know, Bruno Mars performed here. Adele performed yeah. here. But when it comes to a baseball stadium, the architecture, the the history, the uh, the features, um, the food. What, no, football fans and basketball fans, they don't, they don't talk about the food. They don't say um, the Laker dogs or they don't say the, uh, the Celtic nachos. They don't they don't say that. Right. That's true. It, yeah, it, it's 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 to me, a baseball stadium is like a playground. There's so many things about it. There's so many features. You know, I, I went on a trip about a, uh, two months ago. I went to three ballparks in less than two weeks. It was um, Citizens Bank, Camden Yard, and Nat uh, Nationals Park. And someone texted me saying, hey, which one's the best one? I couldn't say this one is this over that. I gave them categories. I said specifically, I said my favorite ballpark architecture-wise was Camden Yards. 
you know, mm-hmm. with the very cool um, backdrop or the the uh, the building, um, and it's known for being the post, uh, like the the beginning of uh, the modernized ballparks. That was like yeah. the beginning. So that's one. Nats Nationals Park was. I love the energy. So you know, uh, MLB captured everyone doing like the uh, the baby shark. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. so many things that they do. Um, that I was like, damn, like this is cool. Like I didn't know DC fans were like this. Um, after every run, everyone would look to uh, uh, nosebleeds right behind home plate, and they'd all like hold their hat like this. And those guys in nosebleeds would start the chant. They'd go N A T S, Nats, 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 woo! Everyone would do that, and I was like, that's damn. awesome. I never do that. And you know, see, yeah. MLB didn't capture yeah. that. And then again, Philly, uh, they're phenomenal for their people. Like Philly fans are just, Philly fans are very prideful people, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. So the journey of going to different stadiums, not only to capture the, uh, you know, stadium and watch a game, but it's the culture. There's, Mm -hmm. there's so, there's so many, there's different cultures in every single city, state, every stadium that I I just want I have such an open mind that I would want to experience it with everyone you know I've yet to go to Fenway but the the, well, the we will get you to Fenway and we will we will do a lot of fun stuff with Fenway yeah. I promise you we will get you to Fenway and because I want to be there for that Fenway yes. is a special place in my heart I'm in Boston right now I live in yep. Boston I grew up in the Boston area I want your first experience at Fenway oh, to be next to me because I would, I, I would I love to see I know for a fact action. that Fenway is going to be, if not, one of my favorite ballparks. Mm-hmm. Not for, I mean, the people. I know that people are phenomenal. Boston fans are crazy when it comes to sports, and you guys are spoiled because you guys have, like, freaking 10 rings in, like, 20 years. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, it's it's the history. I like, I like history. I love knowing... I like sitting in a ballpark and saying, hey, he played here. Mm-hmm. Or, damn, this is over, you know, 100 years old. It, it, to me, it's like, you know, there's so many people that love, I don't know, it, it, you, I'm going in depth with it, but it's being one of the, a, like a historic park. Like, for example, Wrigley Field mm-hmm. is the only field left that uh, Jackie Robinson played in. So for, you know, for you to sit there, you're like, whoa, that's that's crazy, you know? Um, I like experiencing that. And then I also like diehard fans. So, you know, when it comes to, like Boston, you're not only representing the Sox, you're representing Boston. Yeah. You know, the Yanks, you're not only, you're, of the Yankees, you're not representing New York, you're representing the Bronx. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you're a Met fan, you're not only representing New York, you're not only representing Queens, but you're representing that you hate the Yankees. <laughs> you know? So there's so much <laughs> culture um, that... To me, it's not only just a game, but it's uh, you know, it's a rivalry of you know, teams, and it, it's there's so much to it, man. Um, I go on and on. You know, the Yankees, uh, Dodgers, Angels. There's that that battle. Uh, Dodgers, Padres. I don't know if you've been to Petco Park in San Diego when they're facing the Dodgers. I haven't good, not yet. Good luck with the Padre fans. It's Dodger Stadium. Yeah. They they they, they are there, and they'll let it be known. Um. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Yeah, on, on. That's insane. And also, I want. I mean, so I mean, you're a you're a professional baseball fan. It's it's not. You're not trying to be it. You're not going to become it. You are already a professional baseball <laughs> fan, which you 
you've said right from the beginning, you were the first. And I couldn't agree with you more. I've never heard of it. I don't, you know, no, no one really can know what that means because you're the first one. Tell us what it means to be a, a professional baseball fan, right? The Baseballogist is a professional baseball fan. Um, and, you know, just tell us what was going through your head when you're like, I'm going to create my own profession. I'm going to do what I love, get paid for it, and make an impact on people. Because, I mean, just to have one out of the three of those things, to make your own career, to have an impact on, on people, um, to choose kind of your own path, just having one out of the three is great. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not going to settle. I want all three of them. And uh, it's all super admirable. So, you know, let's let's talk about the baseballologist. Let's talk about being a professional baseball fan. What Take us back, you know, before everything started, and you're like, I'm going to be the, the first professional baseball fan. What what led you through that thought process? Can I ask you a question before I answer that? Yeah. You're, you used to be a ball player, right? Mm-hmm. Just like any ball player. Why did you want to be in the major in MLB? Honestly, I wanted to be there because that was the that was the best place you could be, right? Yeah. That was that was the the highest level it's, competition. It's the highest level, and that's that's what you're working towards. And uh, it's the it's it's the integrity for the game. It's something you know. Yeah. I respected the game of baseball, and I respected myself, so I worked as hard as I could to get to the highest level, right? Yeah. Um, that's kind of the the essence of competition, right? I loved baseball. I loved playing it because it was really, really difficult, right? And exceeding that made me proud of myself. So yeah. I wanted to make it to the major leagues because that was that was the the pinnacle of success. Um, and for a game that you love, it shows the ultimate integrity making it that far. So, and that's a respectable answer, right? Um, my answer is not like that. Why well, I want to be a professional baseball player? You gave me uh, a little switcheroo there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, just, you know, that's, that's a respectable answer, right? Answer, right. But I remember when I was in high school, uh, when I used to go to games, again, watching a phenomenal game, that's, that's, that's great. But I actually go to a game and I'll go an hour or two prior. And I just like watching behavior of what the players do prior to the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying just stretching. I'm talking about the interaction between uh, them and fans. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, being a high schooler, you don't get the balls, you know, from from the players. You, you got to be like nine or so. But I remember when a player would just toss a ball and a kid would be like, oh, and look at a ball like they've never held a ball before, you know. But they they, they kept the ball from so-and-so player. Right. And, I uh, you know, now fast forward when I, I, I think I was like 15 I met Kenny Lofton. If yeah. you know, obviously you know Kenny Lofton. If you guys yep. know Kenny Lofton, Kenny Lofton is a legendary player. He was uh, mostly with the Indians. He was like a mm-hmm. he was a leadoff hitter, a center fielder, and he just he just got on base. He stole bases. Anyways, I saw him, and I remember no one approached him. You know when you wait for your bags, no one approached him, and I was like, screw it. I'm going to approach him. Mm-hmm. I approached him, and I was like, um, uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Lofton? He's like, hey, what's up? I was like, hey, do you mind signing my ball? I was like, And he's like, why do you have a freaking baseball in the airport? I'm mm. like, I'm a baseball player, you know? Like, I, I, I have a ball. <laughs> and I, it was like 20 minutes of conversation. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. So the reason why I ask you why, uh, why you want to be a major league ball player, to me, the reason I want to be a – a major league ball player was for the platform, mm-hmm. the platform to 
to preach whatever I want to preach, mm-hmm. to, to make someone's day, to visit them at the hospital or to to um, create like a, um, a nonprofit just to create an impact. Remember, these guys are just ball players. They're regular people. But because of the status of being a professional baseball player, all of a sudden they're Superman. Think mm-hmm. about it. You wear who's who's the top the most um, you know the uh, a baseball player Mike Trout. Mike Trout shows up to a baseball field. All of a sudden he's Superman, right? Because he's a baseball player. I wanted that same platform. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a ball and give it to a kid, and him to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I got a ball from you know the baseballologist. I got a signed ball from the baseballologist. I got you know cleats from the baseballologist. I got this. That's that's literally the only reason why I wanted to make the uh, MLB was to create that platform and to make an impact, uh, whether it's verbally, whether it's materials, whether it's anything, entertain anything. I wanted that for the game and for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's why I created the baseball. It just says the first professional baseball fan is to create that same status of being uh, having a platform to give back. Having a platform to speak in front of thousands of people and feel extremely good about it in the most positive way. It's, a, it's an amazing reason to start where you've started. And it just shows kind of your, your tenacity is, you know, if I'm not going to get that platform for major leaguers as being a major leaguer, you didn't say, I'm just going to work. You said, I'm going to do something still in the game of baseball, still something yeah. I love will give me that platform, man. That's that's amazing. And to see where you've come, I mean, just with one year, it's insane. Like, I'm so excited watching you grow and, <laughs> and kind of becoming the baseballologist, even though you've always been the baseballologist. Um, <laughs> but no, tell us, like, take us one step further, right? Because I want, I want anyone that's listening to this, this is a long format podcast. I want people to get to know you, right? I want people, you know, you, they see they see the clips you do, they see the, all the, the awesome comedy skits you do, they see the quotes, they say this, but this is a, a really great opportunity for for people to get to know you, right, as a person, um, like I've got to, and I would kind of want to share that with everybody. Um, but you know, how do you plan on doing that as a baseballologist? Um, you know, what you know, growing and having social media followers is is one thing, right? That's an opportunity. But what are you going to do with that opportunity once you get it? So I guess. You know where you we could we could put a timeline on it. Where do you see yourself in five years as a baseballologist? Um, or you know what what's the next the next goal? Because I know it's a never ending process. You're not going to get to a to a certain point and say I'm done. Be, I'm done growing. I'm done impacting. I'm done doing this. You know what 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 does it look like in your immediate future? What are you working on? You know, big picture things for the baseballologist to to make that impact that you were talking about. So as you can see through behavior, I'm like fidgeting right now just because I could give you a 20-year answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't know because I have a such a you know a vision for what I want to do. I don't know how to kind of just say, oh, you know, that's where I want to start because you know it's a process, you know. But uh, I guess you could say yeah. for what I'm already doing and to kind of just go from that is every time I go to a new ball uh, any stadium, any event, any field, I always tell people where I'm going. Because I want to meet people. Mm-hmm. I, I want to meet baseball fans, baseball players, baseball parents, baseball anyone. So I guess you could say uh, a goal of mine is as I travel, 
I want to make an impact in people's lives as I travel. So, you know, one of my goals is to go on a, to go on different trips, to go on like a tour, to go to different cities, states, countries, planets, universes, to, to um, meet people and impact people. Right. And, and for me to talk to a nine year old and him be like, Hey, I love your skits or, and then me talking to a parent, him like, Hey man, I really love your, your angle on being a baseball fan. Like that's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, yeah. I, that's one of, if not the most, uh, my, probably my favorite thing for the experience. Um, and it's, it's just going to be that it's using my platform. Yes. My, my social media, but for me to actually go out and about and go to different areas and meet people and talk to people and shoot, give advice as much as I can, as far as baseball, as far as, um, you know, life and entrepreneurship. Um, that's what I want to do. Um, I guess that, that's kind of like a, you know, a one, two, three, four, five year plan is to just be constantly on the road, constantly on the road and doing different events, doing different uh, stadiums, doing different teams, doing different camps and just being a figure in the baseball community, not for the fame, not nothing. It's just being an impact and giving a different angle perspective on how to love yourself, how to love the game and how to love life. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I mean, I love that this is, it, it feels like you've done so much for the past year, but it's still just the beginning. And, and I love to think of it like that. Cause I, I see where you're heading and it's uh it's just, it, it's a really big honor just to be a part of it. Um, I do want to go into like just some, some spitfire questions, right? Hey, I want to talk, um, you know, just kind of off the top of the head things. Um, if that's cool with you, you ready for that? I'm ready, man. I love these uh, questions. <laughs> awesome. What is something you've changed your mind on in the past three years? Not caring what other people think about you. Wow. Yeah, um, that's a that's a big one. <laughs> and that's a general statement. That's like a life answer. Um, yeah. Not caring for what people's opinions are about you, whether, you know, neg especially negative, uh, your parents, your friends, your, you know, even strangers, because everyone has problems. But I think if everyone just works on their own being instead of hating on others, life will be a little easier. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing that I know what I want, so I don't need to cater to what you think I should do. Mm -hmm. I think about what I'm doing, you know, um, when I first started, people were like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You know, yeah. but then when it becomes, you know, it becomes, it becomes real life. People are like, wait, it changes the way they think. That's what I want to do for everyone is letting them know that, Whatever you want to do in life, it's freaking 2019. You can do whatever the heck you want. You know what I mean? Like, you and I have a great relationship, you know, personally. Yeah, absolutely. And I personally only seen you one time. Like, like <laughs> physically one time. That was a great time, though. And I want to put that. Great time. I'm going to share that on our Instagram again because that was yeah. a good time. But what I'm trying to say is it's 2019. You can do whatever the heck you want. You don't, I don't want to get into other things that could be very, um, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Controversial. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to be traditional. Yeah. 
you don't need to be old school and you don't need to follow the route that parents, coaches, friends are telling you what is right because they aren't you. You don't, If you listen to them, that means you don't have a subconscious mind to knowing what you want. So I guess that the, the um, you know, going back to the question is knowing what I want and sticking to what I want and not caring for negative opinions mm-hmm. because you don't know where I'm going. You don't know me, you know, even like best friends and, and people around me. Yes, they know me, but they don't know what's best for me. I, that's my opinion. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And literally when when you're talking about that, one one word comes to mind, and it's courage, right? You have to have courage to go against the grain. Yeah. You have to have courage to be vulnerable and say, I'm going to commit to this. You have to have courage to say, if I fail, which is a very likely possibility, I'm fine with that. Because yeah. taking the risk was way more important than not doing it all. And I, I just don't think people see that as being, you know, they don't, they don't know how to I cultivate that that courage, right? And it stems from what you were talking about, learning to not care what people think about you. Caring what people think about you is the opposite of being courageous, right? It's being, it's it's going with the flow of things. It's letting other people um, kind of decide what your decisions are going to be. And, you know, the same thing. When, <laughs> I, I would love to have been in the room when you told one of your friends, I'm going to be a professional baseball fan. That's going to be my full-time job. And I'm going to travel and I'm going to go to these stadiums and I'm make an impact on people. Yeah. And they, they must have been like, you're out of your mind as they packed their briefcase and they went to work to go make to go make money, which they didn't you know want to do in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I feel you because when I started play crate, I was like, oh, I'm going to start a monthly box of baseball gear. People are like, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I yeah. mean, and and I, I got that for so long and I just knew that. You know, I was speaking to myself at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, because I was such a baseball nerd the same way that you were. I lived in batting cages. I worked in batting cages. I technically actually lived in a batting cage. I put my bed in there. But um, but I was like, what would I love when I was 16? What what could I have done to help myself at 16? And play great was the answer. You know what I mean? It, it, and I mean, it, it just takes courage to get to that next step. And I mean, I'm super happy that you took the leap because now you look at it and it seems so obvious, right? You're like, oh, hindsight, you know, I was always going to be the baseballologist, but that's not true. It must have been really, really difficult to start. And, um, you know, while we, we've been talking about failure and the importance of it, um, you talked about failure on the field. Talk about failure as a, as a baseballologist. Was there a time where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if this is going to work. And what got you through that? Um, probably my third year in college. Mm-hmm. I... That's why I went from JUCO to, uh, you know, university ball. And I noticed that I wasn't, like, even though I was working my butt off, I noticed that, oh, there are people a little, a little better than me, you know, like, yeah. a little stronger, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I got, uh, my, you know, I remember uh, I was supposed to be the second baseman, and a freshman beat me out. And they're like, hey, you go find, you're the leadoff hitter, go find a spot. So I, I took the left fielder spot, you know? Yeah. But that was a time where I was like, you know what? I mean, you could be very confident in what you do, but you also know what you got to know. You just got to know, you got to have awareness for how to adjust some, some other way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you, you can't be on top of the world all the time. So you got to have awareness of knowing when to, you know, switch it up. 
So probably my, fa- my um, a failure that kind of is a question of failure that helped me what? Like, yeah. So, so the question would be, we, we talked about failure before, you know, you, you talked about your failure on the baseball field, how important it is to fail. Um, but now, you know, professionally, you know, you're a professional um, baseball fan. Got it. You know, starting baseball just must have been so difficult, right? Yeah. You don't just start and and conv- like you had to you had to convince people of what you're doing and why to get behind you. So yeah. it, there must have been you know roadblocks along the way. So professionally with the baseballist, what were those roadblocks and how come you didn't just say you know what baseballist professional baseball player everyone was right this isn't gonna work. You know, yeah. you you went past that. So what helped you get past those roadblocks? So you know, regarding me uh, getting uh, beaten by a freshman in my junior college, I understood that hey, I'm probably not gonna get drafted, mm. but that doesn't mean it's the end of the road. Yeah. You know, like when uh, your senior year of high school, you obviously you played after high school, but you know how there are some people who just didn't play college, so they cherish that last year of high school. Mm-hmm. So I knew that, okay, I mean, I'm going to do my four years, but I'm, I'm nowhere like done. Like I'm, I'm not going to be a spectator. I'm going to do more than what I'm doing as a baseball player. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's just the love of the game that I'm, I knew I wasn't going to walk away from it, you know? So that love or that lifestyle of knowing that I'm going to be around the game, period, is probably like the given that I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to quit. It's, it's it's impossible you could tell me anything it's gonna be impossible i i'm, I'm gonna show you a love of the game more than anyone that you know because it's the it's the love and respect of the game and it's different not to be a a fan of a team but to be a fan of the game for what it taught me to be a vehicle to where i am today mm-hmm. and it, it, it it goes in depth you know I, I i give thanks to the game because of the people i met where i'm at the lifestyle I'm living, and no one could take that away from me. It's it's my it's my baseball lifestyle. It's my story that that grounded me to knowing that I'm gonna do so much in the game. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I mean, for for everyone out there that you know would ever think about starting their own thing or they're going through a tough time, um, it sounds like you just had a this principle, right? <laughs> this uh or, or a mantra something that is that's unmovable um and it was your your love for the game and your respect and you always knew you were gonna have something to do with it so even if baseball just didn't work out it's not there's no such thing as failure when your goal is already being met you're yeah. in the game you love you're already you're you're you know being around baseball players and you're, you're meeting people so you know if the goal is to make you know 50 million dollars a year and that was that was your your you know your aspiring goal, you might be a little disappointed. Yeah. But I love that you have you have a goal that you met instantly, but that it's going to continue to drive you forward as much as possible. So, um, you know, it's the same same kind of thing. Like if you if you want to go to the major leagues, um, for the sole purpose of just making money, you're going to have a difficult time. Yeah. You're going to have a difficult time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You because it's 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 so much different than people think. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, people ask me, you know, obviously how I did it. And they say pitch me ideas on what they want to do, and that's fine. You know, everyone can, everyone has their own, um, their own uh, niche. But the question is, is I'll question them. Why? Why are you? I think why is the biggest question. Mm-hmm. If they say, oh, I want to make millions of dollars, like, oh, 
I mean, you better do something else, you know, yeah. uh, you get, get a real estate or something or, you know, something like that. But it's, are you emotionally invested in it? Because when you do fail, is your emotion enough to conquer that struggle for you to keep going? Or are you going to be like, damn, that just didn't work. Yeah. So it's the question, why are you doing it? And are you emotionally invested it to where are you prepared to fail, to get negative opinions, to get, you know, to struggle? So mm -hmm. that, I guess, you, like you said, it's the principle of knowing why I did it. Yeah. Why I, I love that. I love it. That's your, that's your pillar. And I love that you're, you know, you're spreading that message. Um, so another rapid fire question. Um, if you had to give yourself your 16 year old self advice, what would it be? Work at what you suck at. Okay. Why? Work at what you uh, struggle at. So this is talking to my, to my sophomore self. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in baseball. So this, I guess, you know, it's a baseball question. It's, I was so, yeah, I was good. Right. But I had flaws in my game. So my thing is, I don't know if this was a general thing for people, but this is my personal uh, thing is I kept on working on what I was really good at in practice. Mm -hmm. BP, I was really good at, uh, you know, say pulling the ball, trying to put the ball over the fence. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you like, that was far. I'm like, yeah, you know, you get <laughs> crazy. But yeah. During the game, it's like I go one for three, one for four because pe people getting, uh, you know, kept hitting me middle way. I was a second baseman because I, I had a great glove. I didn't have the greatest arm. Why? Because I didn't work on it. I, I remember the biggest thing I hated in when I was younger was a long toss. I just didn't understand why I need to do it. And that's probably just, you know, I, I could blame myself. I could blame my coaches, but I didn't know. And I, some coaches did tell me, but they didn't like freaking pound me for it. And I, I paid for it. That's why, you know, in college, I got beaten out in second because I hadn't, I didn't have a strong arm than him. Um, I remember I was a lead off, uh, I was a lead off hitter. So I stole a lot, but I depended so much in high school that I was fast versus the actual skill of stealing. You, yeah. you, know, you could put the fastest Olympic runner and put him at first base. I guarantee he's not going to steal second base that easy there's skill to it so i struggled with that in college as well so it would it would be work at what you suck at um even harder you don't have mm -hmm. to probably state it just work on it people like to work on what they're really good at like yeah. say, like i say in practice or in so and so and so you throw uh you throw high 80s low 90s but you suck at control you mm -hmm. don't you only have a fastball and a curveball guess what they're they're either going to sit flat on you or they're going to sit on your your breaking ball get a change up mm -hmm. oh um you're very flat and you have a curveball all right get a two seam get a cutter switch it up that would be it work that we suck at i love it i love it and it's it's an ego check too right it's an ego because check exactly for you for you to say you suck at something like, you, you have to say i'm i'm not i'm not good at something yep what what is that so i mean a lot of players are like i'm pretty good at everything which yeah. is a horrible way so i think you know a good way to start that is just realize you can you can improve on a lot of things right yeah. um so yeah i think that's i think that's great advice uh, in baseball and in anything um if you could put anything on a billboard um 
and not 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 something marketing just you know the billboard that reaches the most amount of people this is your one message to share you know something concise from the baseballologist what are you putting on that billboard oh that's deep um it would have to go back to my two sayings uh, i would it'd be a coin flip continue continue to get one percent better every single day mm-hmm or continue to spread love and positivity every single day. The reason I say those two is those aren't baseball quotes. They're life quotes. Yeah. And continue to get 1% better every single day is a reminder because sometimes people struggle at even starting. Some people are, uh, struggle at being consistent. So the, the saying or the motto of continue to get 1% better every single day is a constant reminder that, hey, man, like I know you're struggling, but find one little thing to do, one goal to do, to do today that can help be an accomplishment for another thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a saying where the first thing you gotta do is make your bed every single day, because that's yeah. one goal you did, one goal. And that accomplishment, that 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 10 second act of making your bed is like, well, shoot, I better go to the gym now, you know? It, because that 1% led you to that 2%, that 3%, mm-hmm. 4 to where you just wanna maximize the day. Yeah. So that, I, guess, I guess that's a really good uh, answer because I've never really gone depth on what 1% means. Someone's like, oh, that's, that's bare minimum. Yes, that's bare minimum. You, uh, my 1% every single day will beat your 100% one day out of the month. You know, yeah. I'm continuing. You know, so it's actually the year because that'd be only 30%. <laughs> if I did <laughs> well, baseball uh, players, not mathematicians. So yes. <laughs> but it's, and then continuous spread love positivity is a, a reminder that, you know, love and positivity would be the the epitome of life to me. Spreading love to people, to your family, friends, strangers, and positivity to family, friends, strangers, period. Just because you have more money than me or you have more followers or you have a more better job, that doesn't make you better than me. I'm not better than you. We're all equal. And it's a reminder like, hey, ego check, chill out. Yeah. You know? um, I, I remember the other day I was thinking about um, – what makes someone better than someone? It's, it's nothing. There could be a homeless guy that people say, oh, he's homeless. He's he a terrible life. But he could be the most giving person. He could be the most lovable person. He could be the most generous person, but yet people don't uh, praise him because he doesn't have money. So it's continuous spread love and positivity in a way to remind people that, dude, we're all human beings. Money, entitlement, status, profession, education doesn't represent how um, – how you are as a person uh, actually it shouldn't a lot of people do think it does so yeah i love it i love it man and honestly that's i think that's a fantastic place to leave off um you know number one thank you for being here um i think whether you're a a, a player early in career middle of your career whether you're a coach a parent anybody there is something just actionable uh, that you can take away from from this podcast and listening to you today. Um, I want everyone to go follow you um, and to go and just be part of that journey, right? Um, you know, I I'm on you know social media all the time for play crate and everything, and I, I go to your page every single day, and it's not just because you're posting, but it's just because it puts me, it does put me in a great mindset. It puts me in a good mood because, um, like you said before, you have that. Um, non-negotiable kind of moral pillar 
where you're saying, I love baseball. My mission is to spread love and positivity and get 1% better every day. And, um, and it's inspiring no matter what stage of the journey you're on. So, um, you know, thank you for that. And thank you for being on and, um, you know, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, your TikTok channel's blowing up. Let's have people go over there. Um, Instagram, anything that you want to plug anything, the mic is yours. Go for it. So first off, thank you, Josh. Thank you to, uh, for you to spend the time, uh, to, um, just talk, man. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. Um, follow me on Instagram, Baseballogist. Follow me on TikTok, The Baseballogist. And YouTube isn't as popping, but guess what? 2020. That's I guess that's a little, t- uh, little sneak little teaser. 2020 is gonna come. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash The Baseballogist. It's gonna be a good time, man. I'm uh, continue to spread love and positivity in the game and to showcase the game in and out. So check me out there. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride. Awesome. Thanks so much. My man. Appreciate it, brother. All right. See ya.